You're listening to audio from The Village Church. If you'd like to check out more resources or give to our ministry, please visit us at thevillagechurch.net. Well, good morning. Um, for those of you I don't know, my name is Jen Wilkin. I serve on staff here. If We're going to do something a little unusual at this point in the service. If you have room on your row, if you could scoot in for us, it would be a huge help. Apparently, some of us thought maybe the service was at 11 today. Surprise! Happy New Year! So if you could help us get uh, people seated by moving into empty seats, that would be fantastic. Last week, Matt said that there was a staff member who wished we could meet every Christmas Day and New Year's Day. I just need you to know, guys. Guys, it's me. I'm her. So it's good to see your faces this morning. And this morning I will be reading from Psalm 16. Preserve me, O God, for in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. I have no good apart from you. As for the saints in the land, they are the excellent ones in whom is all my delight. The sorrows of those who run after another god shall multiply. Their drink offerings of blood I will not pour out or take their names on my lips. The Lord is my chosen portion and my cup. You hold my lot. The lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Indeed, I have a beautiful inheritance. I bless the Lord who gives me counsel. In the night also my heart instructs me. I have set the Lord always before me, because he is at my right hand, I shall not be shaken. Therefore my heart is glad and my whole being rejoices. My flesh also dwells secure, for you will not abandon my soul to Sheol or let your Holy One see corruption. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Um, For those of you I don't know, my name is Matt Chandler, and I'm the reason we will not be having (laughs) services on Christmas morning and New Year's morning uh, every year. But when it lands on Sunday, we will be here. Hey, I said it in my welcome. Hey, Happy New Year. Like, here's, here's where I found my heart yesterday as I was, you know, preparing my heart to be in front of you today and to, uh, by the grace of God, be wrung out for our good uh, and the glory of God that, like, I, I was struck by the fact that it, you made it. Like, seriously, like, I'm proud of you. I'm not making a joke. Like, you, made, you had, you had a hundred opportunities this year to quit. You had a hundred opportunities to quit on Jesus. You were disappointed and you clung to him. You were let down and you didn't abandon. You were betrayed by someone near and you clung to him rather than pushed him away. Like you, it's 2023, the the first day and and you made it and and I'm proud of you. And it's just like no small thing to make it these days. It's no small thing to not grow jaded. It's no small thing to not grow cynical. It's no small thing to start to look around at other saviors that might be easier to worship and follow. But you didn't. It's New Year's Day and here we are at church. I don't know what time you went to bed last night. I officially made the transition into old man don't care about this game going to bed last Yeah, That's what I did. I found out that second game, found out this morning. 
I, I was like, dang it, Ohio State made it. And, and then they didn't. If you're, I'm sorry, let me get to this or we're going to be in. <laughs> Starting next week, I'll be back to my 42-minute self. I'm going to try to keep this uh, tight and quick today. Um, but I wanted to lay in front of you um, that the book of Revelation has this refrain in chapters 2 and chapters 3 when the Apostle John is writing to the churches in the ancient world so that are in a far worse place than we find ourselves. And, and the refrain is uh, this idea of reward to those who overcome. Uh, it's like to each letter, he'll say, to he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. But he also says seven times, to he who overcomes, to he who overcomes, to he who overcomes. Now, if you're in the ESV, that, they translated that Greek word into to he who conquers. But the words are the same. Overcoming and conquering are the same word. And here's what he says. To the one who overcomes, I will allow you to eat the tree of life in the paradise of God. To he who overcomes, you will not be hurt by the second death. To he who overcomes, I will give some hidden manna and a white stone with a new name that no one knows except the one who receives it. Do you ever have a nickname by a loved one that you'd rather not be shared publicly, but it's just this sign of intimacy? You've got this little nickname, this little, maybe you had it as a kid, maybe you didn't. I'm happy to give you one. Find me in the, and I'll, I'll throw one out to you. But that's what's in view here, this intimacy, this, this joy, this kind of playful, which, man, I don't think many people think about God like he's playful. He's so playful. You're not checking out creation. What's the platypus but God's sense of humor? Let's throw nine different animals together here and right. Um, and then I will give authority over the nations to he who overcomes. I'll give you authority over nations to he who overcomes. You'll be clothed in white garments and your name will never be blotted out of the book of life to he who overcomes. And that he is he, she, right? You with me? It's, it's those people who to he who overcomes, I will make a pillar in the temple of God and I will write on him the name of my God and on the city of my God. And then to he who overcomes, he will sit with me on my throne. Do you hear the refrain? To he who overcomes, to he who hang in there. Reward's coming. We're closer. Grab tight. Don't let go to he who overcomes. Now, I don't know how you're wired. If you're type A and, and firstborn, my guess is you've already started thinking through your goals for 2023. I do that. Uh, I've got physical goals. I've got financial goals. I've got spiritual goals. I've just got goals, man. I just like order. I, I like rhythm. I like, here's what I'm going to try to do in 2023. And I've lived long enough now to know maybe I'll hit those and maybe I won't. And so what I want to try to do, and, and I, don't mean, I don't mean because I lack discipline. I mean because I don't control life. And sometimes my best laid goals that I think might even be pleasing to God are derailed for one reason or another that are way out of my control. So the way I thought I could serve us today, uh, and literally in, in the next 10 to 12 minutes, is to try to orient your heart around the next year on what actually is in your control. And, and I'm, I'm basing it off this psalm and really the crescendo of the psalm, which is verse 11. And here's what verse 11 says in Psalm 16, that you, that you have made known to me, you, you've let me know, the path of life. You fill me with joy in your presence, with 
pleasures forevermore in your right hand. Like that's the crescendo of not just uh, Psalm 16, but actually Psalm 15. They're very similar Psalms in how they're ordered. And and this is like, uh, this is a musical number that they would sing. And so here's my outline, right? The path, the presence, and the pleasure. You ready? I don't even think I need to say anything else. I'm just kidding. Plenty to say. Now, let's start with here. Now, I love this idea that that there's a path to life, right? There's not a a path to life. That's not the Hebrew. It's not like, hey, a path to life I've made known to you. It's like, no, 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 the, the path to life I have made known. So I love it. God has not abandoned us to try to figure this thing out. God has not said, hey, just stumble forward and maybe you'll figure it out. God hasn't said, find the path that works for you. That's not what he said here. He says there is a path and that path is the one that leads to life. So if you want life, are you tracking with me on that? Talk about this all. You want life, not existence. Good Lord, you're existing right now, but maybe there's a little something more for you than you're aware of. Maybe, maybe you've had a decent year, but what if I told you maybe there's a little bit more intimacy with your creator to be had? What if I told you there's more spiritual power that you might be able to tap into? What if I told you that, that there was an experience of the love of Christ that might blow all your circuits? You have made known to me the path of life. Now, now how are we to know the path of life? Well, two things. Got to keep an eye on this clock before I make this thing more. All right, here's the first one. And we're, a lot of us aren't going to like it. It's okay that you don't like it. It's just, you're going to have to, let me. The first way that God lets us know the path of life is by giving us the moral law. To be serious about the moral law of God, look at me, is not legalism. It is not legalistic to say that God has laid out the path for us and that path is a moral path. Now, moralism is demonic and wicked. Moralism says, I have to do these things to be accepted by God. We should condemn that, preach against that, and catch that on fire and don't let anyone put it out until it's gone. I'm not talking about moralism. I'm talking about the path to life. Because I'm loved and saved, let me stay on this path. Psalm 119, one through three through 105. Listen to how David talks about the law. How sweet are your words to my taste. Sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through your precepts, I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Do you hear it? Like who who in our day talks about the moral law of God like that? Oh my gosh, that tastes amazing. But, But it's our orientation towards the moral law. And it's already in this Psalm. We read it earlier in verse six of this Psalms where he says, hey, the boundaries have fallen for me in pleasant places. The rules of God, the moral commands of God, those are boundaries that create a pleasant place. And the more we kick against those and cross those, the more we do harm to ourselves and we get off the path of life and on the broad path to destruction. And all you gotta do is hop on TikTok to get a front row seat to that. There's a way that seems right to man and it burns everything to the ground. But the moral law of God is the path to life. But maybe you're like, bro, I, I mean, I, yes. But man, I've been fighting that 
for 20 years and I feel like I just continually lose. Well, brother, sister, I got good news for you because we see that not only has the path of life been laid out to us in the moral law of God, but the path of life has been empowered and made possible by the coming of Jesus, right? Uh, And so, yes, let's do all that we can to stay on the the path, the moral law of God. So we're going to see sex, we're going to see money, we're going to see marriage, we're going to to stay on the path, and we're going to have to overcome, because there's going to be times and moments and years where it feels like the, the best thing and the easy thing would be to punt on it. But to he who overcomes, to he who overcomes, to he who overcomes, to he who overcomes. Jesus says in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. What a pompous, arrogant statement, unless you're God. Do you, do you hear the way? Like, so you got the moral law of God. You don't get to throw away the moral law of God. We do read in Hebrews that Jesus has come to fulfill the law, but he fulfills uh, kind of the cleanliness laws and the dietary laws, but the moral laws, they're intact. So here's the path. You're going to be weak. You're going to want to punt. So let me move towards you in love. Let me cover you in grace. Let me cheer you on by the power of my Holy Spirit so that you'll hang on in the day of trouble. When the marriage is just so difficult and that person at work is flirty enough that I feel something validated me, I'm going to root myself in the moral law of God and turn my back on sin and wickedness. When I feel nervous about my finances, so I'm not going to be generous, I'm going to enter into a season of hoarding. We can cling to Jesus. We can be confident that he has given and he has provided and he will make a way and we can continue to be generous people. And I ain't given an offering. I'm just telling you, this, this is the, the path to life, the coming of Jesus. I am the way, which leads me to the second bullet, right? There's the path, the moral law, the coming of Jesus, and then now there's the presence. Here, look at me. Let, let's chat. I love this. I wonder if I'll ever be able to convince you that more than Jesus wants you to have a long list of things you're doing, he wants to turn you into a kind of person. See, here's what happens to us. Gosh, I got all sorts. I've got this idea of the kind of person I'm supposed to be. Anybody else? Like, in fact, that's probably why I'm so hard on myself sometimes. One of the reasons I, I don't like me as much as maybe I should like me is because I, I want to be this kind of person. But, but what if the Lord's like, well, I'm going to turn you into somebody completely different than what you have in mind. And I'm going to use joy and sorrow to do it. I'm going to create pressure on you to conform you to my image, and I'm going to bless you with good things, and I'm not going to bless you beyond what you can take, so I'm going to need to cut you a couple of times. But it'll be like a surgeon, never like a club. The, the presence of Jesus transforms us into different kinds of people, not your white-knuckled, I've got to stop this, I've got to start this. That's the moral law of God, and you need to fight the good fight but we're transformed, according to the Apostle Paul in Corinthians, from one degree of glory to the next. That sounds slow. Anybody, that sounds slow? Is there like a steroid shot for that degree thing? Is there some sort of like Holy Spirit dump that could give me maybe 40 degrees in a moment? Why one degree of glory to the next? That sounds slow and awful. Just rip the thing off. But... Man, you'd be like a a butterfly not able to fly 
Once somebody ripped a cocoon off, you, you got to feel the hurt and the pressure, and, and that'll lead you into his presence. Well, you'll become a kind of person more than you'll have a list of things that you should be doing. And then you'll literally change a room when you walk in. Not because of your apologetic skills or some verse you memorize, although I'm all about memorizing the book, but just because you're a kind of person. You just walk in and something will change in the room. That's flipping cool. And then, I love this promise, there, into the presence, fullness of joy. So, so this word fullness here in the Hebrews means satiety. You know what I mean by satiety? Like you get full. Like the, the, the Hebrew words literally means uh, enough, in fact, more than enough to satisfy the extreme craving of the human soul. So in your presence, now they're tied together, but not in your moral law, but in your presence, the fullness of joy, the soul satisfied. I don't have time to talk about happiness and joy, right? Are you still with me on that? They're not the same things. Happiness is a terrible thing to build your life around. Joy is the firm foundation we can build on that won't betray us. But in your presence is fullness of joy. So, so listen, I just think that honestly means you repeatedly and over time turning your attention to Jesus in simple ways where you're like, I want to love you more than I do. Help me. Like you want to get in the presence of God, man. You read that Bible in the morning. Don't read it like you're reading the newspaper, man. Uh, grab hold uh, of an idea or a scripture, and then you start praying that thing to Jesus. And then as you have natural transitions through your day, when you get in your car and drive to wherever you go, as you close up one thing and head to lunch, just stop for a second and then go, I want to know you and love you more than I do. Help me. Just move towards his presence. Go, I don't want to just know about you. I want to know you in the deep places of my soul. Show me where you want to work in me. Help me in those weak spaces of my heart. Ask him. It's his presence that changes into types of people. And being a kind of person transforms rooms when you walk in, in ways that transcend your intellectual capacity to argue. And I'm just saying, after 30 years, I hadn't argued very many people into the kingdom. But the Holy Spirit's opened eyes simply because I'm present and available. And then lastly, the pleasures. Pleasures in your right hand. So, so the significance of the right hand is that they're ready for bestowal. They're not like uh, filed away somewhere. Like he's got them in his hand. Like he just, he wants to give them to you. You're like pleasures forevermore in his right hand. That right hand means like he is eager to bless you. He is eager to reward you. He is eager to give to you. God is not holding back. He is eager to bless you. And that's what David is writing about here. And then this idea of forevermore, it's an inexhaustible well that his, the pleasures that he wants to bestow upon you will not grow stale nor flat. We don't have time for me to ask about whether or not some of those Christmas gifts from last week have already lost their luster. I know the answer. The pleasures forevermore that are at the right hand of God that he's eager to bestow upon you never go flat. They, they never run out of steam. He is an inexhaustible well. We, we see this, and again, I, I'm gonna have to teach more on this. I'll find a space for it this year, but here's Hebrews 11:6. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. 
Right? So now let's, let's kind of combine these ideas of overcoming and pleasures forevermore in his right hand, joy in his presence. Like, I, I don't know if you've been around. 22 is a tough one for us. The Chandler clan. Pretty tough here. And, and so what am I clinging to? What am I clinging? I'm clinging to all this. To he who overcomes, to he who overcomes, to he, I'm just clinging, be a pillar in the temple of my God. Your presence is what I need. I need you to help me here because I'm angry. I don't know what to do with it. I need you. I feel hurt and I'm not sure where to go. And I've had epic years and this is still true about them. Let me end with this. Ernest Shackleton. I don't know if you know who that is. Doesn't, doesn't matter. He's an Irish explorer. And he wanted to explore really one of the last kind of unexplored parts of the world at that time, Antarctica. And so he buys a boat and he names it the Endurance and he heads out and he gets stuck in pack ice and the boat gets crushed and his entire crew has to survive in the Antarctic away from their boat and they do it. Well, his family motto was fortitunine vincimus. Here's what that means in Latin, by endurance we conquer. By endurance, we conquer. I want to love you well in my last couple of minutes. Christianity has a therapeutic component. He heals parts of us. He delivers us from parts of it. He ushers us into joy. And the Christian life can be brutally hard. And anyone who wants to make this spirit sprinkle, you know, Jesus in a lamp that makes all your dreams come true is lying to you and hadn't read the book. So here's, I have no idea what's coming in 23 for you and for me. None. Like I've got physical goals. I'm pretty ambitious ones. I'm closing in on 50. My body's not obeying like it used to. It's, it's betraying me more and more frequently. So I got some goals. But I could get injured tomorrow and some like sleeping and, and all those goals are out the window. I've, I've got financial goals for me and my family. I, I've got kids, uh, one in college, more heading that way. I, I've, got, like, I've got financial goals. I, there's a lot I can't control about that. I, I've got spiritual goals. I've got discipline my life. I've got an ideal week that I build out for maximum impact. But who knows what fire will get started that pull me out of that and require my attention over here. Gosh, who knows? Maybe this will be my last year. The Lord has my days. And just because I can, just because I preach don't mean I get 80. Now I've asked for 80. But he doesn't know me that. Gosh, he's already given me an, an additional, you know, 13 that I didn't think I was going to get. So I don't know what's coming for you. I don't know what's coming for me but to the one who overcomes, but to the one who overcomes, but to the one who overcomes. So I don't know how you wanna orient your life or how you work or how you think about the next year or like what you're gonna start tomorrow or you know, I just, I don't know everybody well enough. I know some of you really well. Like I, I think some of you, I could tell you what yours are. But a lot of you, man, I just don't. But if you'll look to 23, with the lenses, you have made known to me the path of life, moral law. The grace and love of Jesus is the fuel that empowers it. 
you fill me with joy in your presence. If you've got the lenses on or uh, there's a path for me to fight to stay on and there's a power made available to me to stay on that path. I don't have to get off the path. I have to endure. And then you can keep the lenses on. The fuel and the fire for that journey is the presence of God, not intellectual facts, not um, you know, uh, learning to argue about Christianity, not the, the, the presence of God and finding a way to, to consistently get myself into the presence of God is the fuel of that endurance. And there's a God in heaven that longs to bless me with pleasures in his right hand forevermore. So the goal for 2023 is the goal of vibrant endurance in the presence of God, trusting that pleasures forevermore will be bestowed upon us in this life or the next, all the while believing the path has been made visible to those with eyes to see. Let me pray for us. Father, I bless these men and women in the name of Jesus. I thank you for your goodness and grace. I thank you for your power in our lives. You sustained us this year. That's crazy. Like we, we came close. Some of us came close. We were just about out of gas, just about done. Our bodies betrayed us this year, but you held us up. Got betrayed by that guy or that gal and you, you strengthened us. Man, financial stuff got rough this year and you provided. You've seen us through. We trust you all the more with this path, with your presence, with the trust that there are pleasures forevermore in your hand that you're eager to bestow upon us. We bless you, King Jesus. We try to orient our hearts around you. Help us. We need you. It's for your beautiful name, I pray. Amen.